Hey everybody, this is Mark and thank you. Yes, you, thank you again. I cannot tell you how much I appreciate you tuning in to listen to another episode of the Hard Rock Core Podcast. And this is episode 17 and I have another two first 40. That's two for the price of none because this podcast is free. This week I have a theme with my two guests this week and it's a German theme because both of these musicians are from Germany. Now, the first is with, I mean, an absolute legend when it comes to heavy metal music. The first is with the legendary Udo Dirkschneider, influential vocalist for UDO, as well as the original voice of Germany's Accept. Udo has a new album out that came out on July 17th called We Are One, in which he worked with former Accept members. There's also the big collaboration with a concert band, We talked about living in Spain, family, as well as the influence he had with the song Fast as a Shark with a Sept. The second conversation this week is with Mike Weikert, and I know I'm screwing that name up, so forgive me, my friend. I struggle with that name. You know that. Guitarist for Germany's Heaven Shall Burn, who put out a masterpiece of a double album earlier this year. Mike and I have a great conversation and touch upon their latest video for Ubermacht, We discussed social distancing, followed the Berlin Wall in 89. Mike also studied constitutional law and even offers some insight in his view of the current system and the division that is being created in another engaging conversation. You can find the podcast on Spotify, iTunes, Anchor.fm, same day on YouTube, as well as many other podcast platforms. You can also message me through anchor.fm, so shoot me a message if you find it in your heart. You can find me online at hardrockcore.net, which has links to all of my social media, including Instagram, Twitter, Spotify, YouTube, and all of the podcast information. If you find it in your heart, please like, follow, and share the Hard Rock Core podcast. And now, on with the show with the first interview this week, Udo Dirkschneider. Hit it! Good morning, Howard. I should say good afternoon. How are you? Oh, fine. Thank you very much. I, uh, I'm honored to have a moment to converse with you, so thank you for your time. No problem. How uh, have you been? You just had an album come out last week. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. Everything worked very well. I took a good reactions on this album. Yeah, I'm happy. Uh, it seems that way. And it, I, I guess the, the, the different question is, When's the last time you've spent this much time at home? Oh, <laughs> that's a good question and a bad question. I mean, <laughs> I mean uh, yeah, I mean, so, I mean, I was busy since, let's say, the beginning of July, and now I'm home, and uh, it looked like until the end of the year. So, pff, it's not so funny, you know, all the tour, tour stuff are canceled. A lot of tour stuff that we had also coming up in September, October, November, December. Yep. So what can you do? Uh, you can do nothing and just cross the finger that we can start again next next year. I, I definitely hope so. How are you yeah. enjoying the time with your family? Yeah, I mean, uh, at the moment, my daughter is with me and then my son is coming and uh, I live in Spain. I mean, I live not in Germany. And uh, so, uh, yeah, I mean, and then we will see maybe 
I go to bed to Germany for a couple of time, a couple of weeks and do something. I don't know yet. So we will see what's coming up. <laughs> so in, in Spain, are you on the coast or are you more inland there? No, I'm on an island, uh, Ibiza. How beautiful is that? Oh, that's very beautiful. At the moment, really warm. We have at the, at the moment outside around 34 degrees. So it's quite warm. Nice blue sky. Uh, and near, I live near the water, the beach. So everything fine. Everything works perfectly. Wonderful. And, and I, I think back to, to growing up, and, and I, I'm a musician myself. I played uh, you know drums and percussion. And I remember playing in high school band and the concert band and symphonies, always thinking to myself, I would love to play metal, rock and roll with a symphony, with an orchestra. <laughs> and here you are putting out an album now. And I think it's beautiful, man. It's fantastic. Yeah, I mean, that is something also you can say, you know, for me, like a dream is coming true, you know. It's like, um, yeah, I mean... I was searching for a sound like this, you know. It's not a normal um, symphonic orchestra with violins and all that stuff. It's only, uh, we call it symphony breath orchestra, you know. And this is really heavy stuff. And also it was uh, very important for us uh, not using, let's say, old UDO songs or accept songs and just put the orchestra on it. No, I mean, that was planned from the beginning on that we were uh, composing new songs for this album and uh, work together with the orchestra, arranging vibes and all that stuff. And I think, um, uh, yeah, <laughs> the, the, the result is, I think, uh, I'm really happy with that, you know. Yeah, it sounds great. And, and the dynamics between how the, uh, you know, the concert band moves within and, and out and around the guitars and drums and bass, it, it's a very great sounding record. And it sounds like you spent a lot of time making sure everything was just right between oh, the yeah. concert band and the musicians. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so the whole beginning starts that we were uh, yeah, writing songs. And I mean, we did already uh, three shows together with, with this orchestra. And, um, but, uh, you know, we had already in mind, okay, this is, this is, uh, has to be, uh, or has to work together with the orchestra, you know. So the good thing was also about this album, um, you know, when, when we do a normal UDO album, I mean, in a way you have some limits, you know, you cannot go too far away, you know, like uh, do, I don't know, jazz music or whatever. And uh, with this album, I mean, we, we are, it was completely free, you know. We said, okay, we can do whatever we want on this album. This is not a normal UDO album. This is something completely different. So, and then when we were start writing songs and then, uh, yeah, in the end we had, let's say 30 ideas, not finished songs. We were sitting together with the two guys of the orchestra. They're doing all the arrangements for the orchestra. So, and then we were selecting all the stuff and then they said, okay, this one works, this maybe not, and this and this and this. And then in the end, Okay, we said, okay, you get the, the, the demo stuff and then maybe show us what you can do, uh, arranging-wise, but put the orchestra in, into the song. Yeah, and then they, this was sending us, the first song was Future is the Reason Why, and that was like, wow, that works, it, it works, you know, so, and then the whole thing starts, and then, yeah, in a, in a way it was, uh, took, yeah, it took nearly one year to uh, do everything, you know, not constantly working on this, but 
around one year before everything was finished, arranged, and then we start recording. And if I'm not mistaken, you had Stefan and Peter working with you as well on this? Yeah, and then um, uh, Stefan Kaufmann was play uh, uh, was planned already from the beginning on, so he was helping us out on the guitar on the last show in 2018 with the orchestra. And he was already, um, we knew that he, he has to be involved in, 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 in uh, recording the band, you know, doing all the choir stuff and also mixing stuff, but not producing. And uh, so, and then he said, yeah, poof, I have also some ideas for this uh, song-wise, writing songs. I said, yeah, no problem. Yeah, and then one day I was um, coming to the studio. He told me, yeah, you have to do some demo vocals so that the uh, uh, guys of the orchestra, they can work on it and uh, on the arrangements. And then I came to the studio and Peter Bolters was standing there. <laughs> was like, hey, what you are doing here? <laughs> and, uh, yeah, not in a bad way. I mean, I never had any problems with Peter Walters, you know. And then he said, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm working with Stefan on some songs uh, for perhaps of projects going on in America. And I said, yeah. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, we were talking a lot, you know. That was the first time we saw us after 15 years. Uh, <laughs> so you can imagine there was a lot of talking, you know. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah. And then he said, yeah. I heard some stuff what you are doing uh, for this project with the orchestra and if you don't mind oh i think i have also some ideas and i said yeah peter pff, no problem uh, if uh, we are looking for the best stuff what we can get for this album you know so and that was uh, how stefan and peter was also involved in uh, the album song uh, songwriting words that that's fantastic see that reunion come together like that yeah and I mean, what i mean to, to go through that and, and reunite with that it had to bring back a lot of good feelings about you know because you've been a very consistent performer for many years and putting out many studio albums and it's a consistent career and leading up to this album and there's there's a lot of messages on this album Oh, yeah. would, you, would you go as far as to call it a concept album, or is it just more about certain messages? I think, in a way, you can say uh, it's a concept, you know, lyric-wise. I mean, um, so we are one in, in, in a way, uh, it's like against nearly all the bad things, or make, make hopefully make the people think that we have, uh, at the moment, a lot of many, many problems going on, like climates, you know, the right parties, and... Uh, the rest is, rest in, uh, like uh, what, what happened to George Floyd in America, you know, but there, uh, and also a lot of political stuff. Uh, Big Brother is watching you. Uh, they're burning down the Amazonas in, uh, uh, in, in Brazil. They, a lot of uh, plastic in, in oceans, you know, and, and I think we have to, um, yeah, keep an eye on our, on our, our uh, planet you know i mean we don't have any planet b maybe in 200 years or whatever i don't know maybe they found something then but not at the moment so and then it's it and also it doesn't matter if you are white black uh, yellow red or whatever i mean we have to live together you know and not 
make fights between each other and making wars and all that stuff. I mean, we have to really taking care of our planet already. A lot of, lot of changes going on. Also, climate, the climate already. You know, I mean, also here in Spain. I mean, I know I live here in on this island since eleven years, and also you know it's not like it was uh, ten years ago. I mean, then you have, uh, we never have winter time here, let's say, but normal springtime and also summer and, and, and fall, you know. It's changing. It's uh, also in Germany, it's also changing already, you know. So, and I think uh, it, it's very important that we are um, stay together uh, and, and, and keep an eye on this planet. I mean, also for the, for the future, for next generations, they want to live on this planet. And uh, yeah. So that, uh, in a way, the whole message for on this album, you know, it it feels very positive when you listen to it. There's a lot of uplifting uh, melodies and the sounds that are yeah. there. It's it's very when you when you when you listen to it. When I first received it, I thought to myself, okay, th this makes me feel good. The album makes me feel good. That's good to hear. <laughs> and the, you know, and a lot, a lot, a lot of things out there, like you mentioned, there's a lot of things to bring us down. But you know, there's there's positivity here. So thank you for doing that. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, I hope a lot of people start thinking a little bit. You know, we, we definitely have to. We oh yeah, have to. Oh yeah. Two final thoughts for you, if that's okay. You have been cited by many people in the course of music for helping to create and influence a genre and there's two bands that people and two songs specifically when people talk about uh the thrash metal movement they mention the song overkill by motorhead mm -hmm. and fast as a shark yeah <laughs> uh but as well how do you feel about contributing and being an influence for what became such a big powerful genre in music when you look mm -hmm. back at it yeah, I mean, you know, for a long time, I didn't know that we would influence so many bands, you know, I mean, especially with songs like A Fast as a Shark, I think that was the first speed metal song ever. <laughs> but uh, for, us, for us, it was just a double bass song, you know, fast one. And, uh, but, you know, then after a couple of years, you know, the musicians came up and said, oh, we was inspired by this song, you know, also especially from the Breaker album, all the songs, you know, that was like, yeah, I want to do something like this. And also with Ball to the Wall album, you know, I mean, it, this is um, very interesting, you know, that uh, we inspired a lot of, a lot of uh, musicians. In Germany, I know a lot of bands, you know, and also a lot of guitar players, uh, they're, they're really in, in, in inspired by, by, by except. And also, I think in America, you know, I mean, I remember in 79, I was uh, in, 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 in LA and I, I met Mick Mars, now he's a member of, of Motley Crue, but he was playing in a cover band, you know, at this time. And he said, wow, man, this is like, I'm a rebel. I really love that album, you know, this is something. And I said, uh, okay. Um, but he told me one, in '79, one day I will be famous, and he he made it. <laughs> so I'm, yeah, I'm I'm still good friends with Mick Mars, you know. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I mean, you know, that was that was really interesting. Or the drummer of Metallica, you know, Lars Ulrich, he was also a big fan of, or maybe he is still, I don't know, uh, of Accept. And I don't know. There are so many, so many people, you know, and it really was like, wow.
that uh, means something, you know. In a way, it, you can say it makes you also proud. That means you did something in this business, music-wise. Well, you definitely did, and there's such a positive feel. And when I hear those conversations and people talk about Fast as a Shark, and I hear that song, mm. and I remember hearing it for the first time and getting so, oh, my God, my blood is beginning to boil because it's fun <laughs> and it's exciting. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, it's like, um, what can I say? I mean... We had uh, fun to play the song. I mean, the, the idea came from Steph Kaufman. You know, he was one of the first guys in, in Germany. He was playing real double bass, you know. And I was like, oh, pff, yeah, okay, let's do it. <laughs> we weren't really thinking about it, you know. Like, okay, and also with this idea, though, in the beginning, it's an old German folk song. And, uh, yeah, it was like on a single. Dieter Dirks is singing on that with the with with the girl. Then uh, Dieter was I, I, I don't know around ten or twelve years old, you know. So and that was like, oh yeah, that interesting sound. Put it in the beginning, you know, <laughs> and it's like, and and it, and it became a classic. You know, sometimes you do things, uh, yeah, and uh, then we were like, wow, yep. That that's wonderful, and, and putting that influence out there. What's the best advice you could give to the younger generation today as far as music goes? What, what would you tell them to do? In a, in a way, it's very simple to say, believe in yourself, you know? Believe what you're doing. Okay, to, to tell them to be unique is maybe the wrong way. But I think um, uh, to be new, unique, maybe a singer, if he's lucky, you know? And he has a voice that yeah, it, it, it's unique. But uh, as a as a, as a band, just um, yeah, believe in yourself and and, and 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 do what you think. You know, it's it's the right it's the right way in music. But this is not so easy to say. I mean, especially now in the whole music business, how it is now. Uh, it's so many changes. You know, I mean, they don't the new bands. They don't have really support from the record companies. Not like what we have with except like five years, uh, the, the five years time to make money. <laughs> the, com- the record company makes money, you know. Right. I mean, uh, and uh, yeah, I mean, this is a hard, hard way for new bands, you know, and, and also stick out of something. I mean, it's, maybe it's a good thing to think about to have a concept. That's a thing what we have at the moment here in, 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 in Europe, like Powerwolf, you know, they have a concept. Sabaton, they have a, a, a concept. Um, that's maybe also helps a lot if you have a really good concept behind uh, your music. That, that uh, yeah, some of those bands, like you mentioned Sabaton and Powerwolf, they definitely have concepts. And it's it, yes. it, it creates something very different to attract the... the the audience and keep them tuned in and focused as well sir again thank you for your time today it's an yeah, honor to no speak problem. with you i wish you nothing but the best an amazing album with we are one and i hope people get out there and and stream it download it buy it oh. whatever they need to do we need to get this album heard okay thank you very much and thank uh, you see us see you somewhere in america <laughs> sounds great thank you sir okay thank you bye-bye bye-bye Special shout out to Dustin who hooked up this interview with Udo this week. I appreciate both of your times and openness in making this happen. And now let's get to the second interview this week with Mike from Heaven Shall Burn. Hit it! 
Mike, how are you? I'm doing good. How are you? Good. It's uh, We spoke a couple months back when everything started to go funny in the world, and now we're talking again, which is great. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it, it, it would it would be better if, um, if the funny stuff was over, but um, great to talk to you again. <laughs> yeah, def- definitely. How, how have you been these last couple months? Oh, it's been... It's been quite well, you know, weather is nice in Germany and the situation is not that bad in Germany, you know, um, actually here in Germany, you, you feel nothing at all about the Corona crisis, which is, um, also very dangerous, you know, because people lose their awareness and, um, that's what, what makes, um, a second wave possible, you know? So, um, we'll, we'll see what happens, but, um, We've been productive. We went to the rehearsal room and uh, rehearsed. And as soon as something um, is possible to play, we're going to do that. We're just waiting, waiting for the sign. <laughs> is there talk in, in Germany and your areas there about uh, you know the venues reopening to do these concerts? Um. It depends, you know, you, you can do shows with, uh, uh, people seated and everything, you know, but, um, um, like the kind of sports we're talking about, you know, like, uh, putting 500 crazy people in a tiny club and having a great party won't happen this year, I'm afraid, you know, and I think Switzerland is reopening a destruction just played a show in front of uh, 300 people. Um, it's possible in Switzerland, maybe something like that will happen in Germany as well. You know, that you have like a thousand five hundred, uh, people locations and you can, are allowed to put three or 400 people into it. But, um, you know, that feels like, a like a show with a poor turnout, <laughs> maybe it will feel a little nostalgic if you play something like that. But, um, yeah, we'll see We'll see. It will definitely not be the same this year. Well, it could definitely lead to bands feeling like Spinal Tap if they're playing 1,500-seat venues with 300 people inside like that. It's a little bit odd. Yeah, but, but if it gives you the legendary status Spinal Tap has, uh, we would do it. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, but to be honest, uh, we... We we were really picky also with the, you know, you get uh, as a quite uh, here in, in Europe and Germany, we are a, a quite well-known band, you know, and of course we get a lot of offers of like online streamings and stuff like that. And we were very picky with that, you know, uh, so far we, we didn't do a single uh, streaming concert or something like that because it just doesn't feel the same, you know, it's like, um, yeah. It's 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 not the real deal, and I think people should get um, as much as possible. Heaven shall burn, and not like a placebo, um, just like an online concert. Like everything that makes Heaven Shall Burn great, you know, like the live energy and um, spontaneous stuff going on at the show is not possible in a stream like that. And um, it 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 has to be like a really really cool concept concept that we do something like that. I believe when hearing, uh, you mentioned the destruction show that just happened and I saw some of the footage and it seemed, 
like the fans there were very respectful and they did maintain their distance. And I know a few places here in the States and there was a country act, I forget who it was, but they tried to play a 10,000 seat venue and 4,000 people were there, but none of them adhered to the rules and everybody got on top of each other. And that, you know, those are the things that when society doesn't follow the order, the instructions, it's just going to make it worse for everybody else because they're showing that it can't be done yet, which is horrible. Yeah, true. Yeah. But uh, I mean, we're talking about uh, German and Swiss people here, you know, and they follow orders. <laughs> that, is, uh, <laughs> that is something different. But uh, of course, um, if, if something bad happens, like a super spreading uh, um, uh, event or something like that, then um, it will be even even worse. That That is very true. Yeah. Well, you guys just put out uh, a video recently. I'm not, I can't speak German, although I'm partial German. Is it Ubermacht? Yeah, exactly. A very interesting video, a lot of great visuals. What can you tell me about your thought process or making of the video? Yeah, you know, the video is a little... um, um, First of all, we wanted to deliver like very strong pictures, you know, like also in a very metal cliche kind of thing, you know, like, um, you know, it has a lot of metal stuff in it, you know, like behemoth or ghost videos or Rammstein videos or something like that, you know, but then we, but then we just break that cliche by bringing the people into our rehearsal room and into an all day scene. And we just wanted to have that effect, you know? that people are smiling when they see the video, although in the first part of the video, they were very entertained in a metal kind of way, you know? So we wanted it to, uh, to work on different levels. I think it definitely worked because there's that point where it switches from the theatrical version to the rehearsal room. And it's like, wait, is this the same video? It, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's very cool though. I, I enjoyed that concept. Yeah, most people say, all right, it looks like as if um, half of the video, the money was, was empty. Um, <laughs> but th- th- it's not like that. It was part of the concept. <laughs> well, that's great. Now, you know, this downtime, and you, you've mentioned you guys have thought about doing things or, or the show. Um, have you been writing new music? I mean, I know the album just came out back in March, but w- what, what's been going on band-wise during this time frame? Uh, we've, we, we did a lot of um, rehearsing, you know, to be prepared um, when stuff is starting again. And then we also, um, our other guitarist, Alex, has like um, a few other different musical projects and was kind of focusing on that as well. And besides that, we, um, you know, we used, um, used the occasion to, uh, to go through some old hard disks and, and stuff like that, you know, to find some old material and backstage material and give people some online content, you know, do some behind the lyric videos or, some behind the scenes videos you can see on our YouTube channel and stuff like that. And people really appreciate it. So they, 
get something more to see off the band that um, we would actually not be able to do something like that um, if we were in an ordinary festival season, you know. And I'm always a big believer that those extra little things like that to the fans matter outside of just the album video. Those extra little touches shows that you're thinking about them and keeping them involved as well. Yeah, we are thinking so too, and and hopefully, um, hopefully, um, we are right. <laughs> now, I could be mistaken, but you study law. Uh, I studied law, and I also did like in Germany, you study law in university, and then you have to do like a kind of preparation service for the state uh, to become a judge or something like that. I did that and then I wrote a PhD in law as well. And um, yeah, but I'm more like a scientific jurist, you know, I'm not a lawyer or something like that. Yeah. What made you go down that path in the schooling and what, what brought you to that? Um, I just, you know, in discussions and stuff like that, I uh, I really like it if I'm right. You know, <laughs> maybe that, yes, <laughs> that, that was one of the first <laughs> of the first impulses of me being a smart ass. You know, um, and uh, I was always interested in stuff like that. And to be honest, on university, it was very hard because there are so many douchebags and, and, uh, you know, and in the law schools and stuff like that. And you meet a lot of, I don't know, people you actually don't want to want to meet, you know, but, um, I found a, a few very good friends that, um, um, that had the same problem like me, not really fitting into a law school. And, um, yeah, then after all, it was fun studying that. And, um, it helps a lot in the music industry if you're a, if you're a lawyer with a PhD and you know everything. You don't have to pay uh, expensive lawyers and stuff like that. And um, yeah, it was. I was always interested in, in law, and um, I'm you know I'm I'm not doing criminal law or something like that. I'm more uh, focusing on constitutional law, you know, and structures of states and stuff like that. Um, that's what I mean by a scientific jurist. And, uh, yeah, so it's more uh, on the political kind of science uh, side, you know. Well, it's kind of definitely, uh, you know, the right time in the world to to operate in that uh, spectrum as well because there's a, a lot of civil unrest out there. There's a lot happening in the world right now. And when we thought yeah. the coronavirus happened and then you see all the civil unrest what do you, what do you think about when you see all the stuff happening out there and the, the the divisiveness of of people? What what do you see from your point of view? I see, um, you know, um, like in my PhD, I, I I wrote something like that about it um, about um, you know I grew up behind the Iron Curtain in East Germany. You know, when I was a kid, the war came down. And I still remember these times, you know, being like in a in a totalitarian system, and I uh, also uh, witnessed the system change, you know. And of course, I uh, I uh, also realized the signs of a system change, you know. And that's what I'm I'm thinking 
is what we see now. There are a lot of things happening that could be the signs uh, of a system change, you know. And um, I'm afraid, not like back in the days in East Germany, not a system change in a good way, you know. It seems to change in a very bad way. But um, all we see is a, is a, are signs of a system change, you know, like fools um, coming to power, you know. That is a very, um, a very sure sign, and um, like economical crisis, uh, civil unrest, you know, and um, those are all things you you see if a if a system is about to fail. Now, by your conversation there, you grew up. Is it safe to say in the east East Germany? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Now I was I was attending university in England in '89 when that, all that happened, and oh, a friend of mine where in England uh, at University of London at Imperial College. Oh, all right, that's a good one. Yeah, it was. And when this whole COVID thing started coming out, I saw some of their uh, reports that they were issuing on some of their studies, but. I was thinking back to that time frame, and I didn't get uh, to Germany, but I had a friend who went there, uh, who I attended university with, and he came back with a little piece of uh, the wall. And, uh, mm. you know, times changed then, and uh, it, it's that we morphed back from 89 to where we're at now in 2020, and the world continually changes, and a lot of people resist change. And, and heaven shall burn, you know, you guys speak a lot about environmentalism and animal rights and, and racism and things like that. And this is like your, like what's happening in the world is, is a very big focus for the band. And how is that shaping how you guys are thinking about the future uh, for the band or maybe the next album? The stuff that's happening now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, for an artist, it's it's always um, like a like a dynamo or like an an ever an ever inspiring uh, uh, source of, of visions and ideas. You know, if, if stuff uh, if stuff like that happens, and it, it keeps your your art and your political art especially uh, going. You know, like in uh, in times of stagnation and when nothing happens, um, not so so much uh, thrilling art is, is being born, you know? And um, so from an artistic point of view, that is a, a very, um, very intense and, and very interesting time, you know? Um, but of course, from a point of view as a, um, a family father or something like that, um, it's more, uh, <laughs> it's, it's quite frightening, you know? But um I mean, here in Germany, everything is still good, you know, and um, um, economical situation is quite um, stable and everything. But um, of course, we are just one country in a in a in a globalized um, um, society, actually, you know, and we depend. Everybody depends on each other, and that's what what um, nation states and leaders seem to forget nowadays, you know. And even all the environmental problems. Um, are being pushed back in, in people's consciousness now, you know, because of the coronavirus. But that doesn't mean uh, that they just disappeared, you know. And that is a very, very big danger, you know. 
I think some of the images we've seen when everything shut down back in March, if you look at pictures of Los Angeles in in April, you saw clear skies. All that brown stuff had, you know, was not as mm. visible as it was. And you see that stuff and people, I, I would have hoped that society could have said, wow, look, look at, look at what we're causing every day by how we commute or how we do X, Y, or Z. Cause the air, you know, mm. it, you could see across the city from mountains to mountains, you know, and the fact that, you know, it's kind of alleviated now and you're going to see the skies darkening up again. There's a lot for humanity to consider because the images that we can see, whether it's the stuff about, um, the riots and the protest and, and the environmental issues. I think we as humans need to slow down a little bit and start thinking that every footstep we take is leaving a, a trail behind us. And we need to think about things differently. Yeah, exactly. I, I totally think that, um, I mean, we're talking about system changes and stuff like that, but the planet where all this happens, you know, uh, will always be the same, you know, no, no matter, no matter what, um, uh, what system is on and, and what unrest is there or what, or what peace is there. And, uh, there are problems coming up that, that don't, um, attack the system. They attack the planet as a whole, you know, and that is a total new level of, uh, of, of problems, you know, and people are just not aware of that. And that's exactly what I think. Yeah. yeah it's, it's very strange times. And, uh, you know, the fact that maybe some of your lyrics or some of the things you guys discuss through your social media channels, uh, maybe some of those things can help connect a, a fan out there and make them think a little bit differently about how we proceed. And like you mentioned, a system change coming, it has to, because there's so much, dissension in the world there's got to be something to pull some of us together yeah i'm i'm not too sure because um many many of of the leaders um like for example trump in the u.s now um he doesn't have an interest in uniting people you know the only the only way to keep his power is to divide people you know like Divide et impera, that uh, Latin saying, just to divide and rule the people. You know, um, people are a lot easier to rule and um, and to become, um, to make them calm um, if you divide them, you know. That's a, a, a true concept. And, and as we morph through this stuff and, you know, the, the musicians in, in all of us out there, whether you're heaven shall burn or you're a, a slipknot or you're a hate breed or wherever you fall in that world of music, the fact that we can raise our voices a little bit and raise some awareness because you guys do a great job of that through uh, your songs and connecting to the fans. Now, for the most part, most of the band has led a either vegan or vegetarian or even straight edge lifestyle. Is that correct? Yeah. Um, all of us are either vegan or vegetarian and some are straight edge, but we, we've never been a straight edge band in a way that we had straight edge lyrics or something like that. Yeah. It, sometimes there becomes connotations that come with some of that stuff because we, we as humans don't understand enough of it to get down it. But at what point in your life did you decide to 
you know, go the path of, uh, you know, the no meat? Um, like at first, at very first when I was 15 or something like that, it, it was just something, I don't know, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm from a very hillbilly part of Germany, you know, where like meat farming and it's almost everything, you know, and uh, I just wanted to be different. It was just some kind of a rebellion or something that more political, that more political, um, approach to it um, came later when I started listening to, to metal and hardcore music um, then the, the, the political part of, of being vegetarian or vegan um, came with it, you know um, but at first it was just something like I wanted to be different, you know and um, also I realized that it was good for my health. I was a pretty chubby lad back in the days, you know and uh, <laughs> and uh, I, I became I, I became um, slim and everything and more sporty and um, I really enjoyed that as well and um, yeah then as I said the political point of view uh, came as well and uh, I realized that it's also a political statement and maybe the first step of changing something in the world uh, to change my diet you know. And, um, because if you want to change something, you have to start with yourself. That is something I totally believe is very true. And, um, yeah. And, um, yeah, that's, that's how it started. You know, when, when bands like earth crisis and, and, and came into my life, I, I started to think about it in a, in a political way with the straight edge stuff. I'm also straight edge. Um, that started when um, there were two years where like five of my best friends died in car crashes because of alcohol. And uh, I just decided to never, never drink something again. I didn't want to have anything to do with that, with that stuff that just pissed me off so much. And it was like an oath. And um, yeah, it's true till today. <laughs> And, you know, it, it, when you see things and it impacts you and makes you, you made a conscious decision to do it because you saw the, the harm that it can do to others. And I, you, I have to applaud that. Yeah. I mean, it, I wasn't even so much aware back in the days that, um, it's also good for me, you know? Um, but, um, nowadays I'm aware of that, of course, you know, but it was definitely a, a right decision to do. Yeah. Thanks for agreeing. <laughs> Well, as as you mentioned earlier uh, in this conversation, we'll, we'll leave it here. You mentioned the band's gotten together and uh, done some rehearsing recently. As you guys have done that, how far back into the catalog do you go back to rehearse? And what plans do you have for 2021 with uh, tours and, and song catalog? What, what's going to happen then? Yeah, with plans in 2021, that is something, I mean, you're not operating with one plan, you know, you're actually operating with plan A, B, C, and D at least, you know, because you don't know what's going to happen, you know, you're thinking about a tour in spring, a tour in summer, a tour in fall, a tour in winter, you know, and, um, that is a uh, very, very hard to manage. And, um, We'll definitely drag out some surprises from, from our old records 
some songs um, people will be surprised to hear. Um, we, we used that time to rehearse some songs we never did before, um, that which was a lot of fun. And um, yeah, but so far um, we are hoping for the festival season in 2021. Those will be probably the first show we we play, like fest, summer festival season 21. That is a realistic scenario to play shows again. Hopefully it will happen. Well, I, d- I definitely hope it happens. It's been too long for all of us in, in this musical community to appreciate the live music. But uh, just like last time, I appreciate your conversation and your openness and wish nothing but the best for you guys. Thank you very much. Yeah, let's hope, let's hope for the best. Absolutely. Well, please stay safe. Uh, say hello to the guys and uh, we will talk with you soon. Talk to you again soon. Thanks for the nice chat. Um, stay healthy. You as well. Thanks, Mike. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Special thanks and a shout-out to you for joining me for Episode 17 of the Hard Rock Core Podcast. Thank you for listening. You can find me online at hardrockcore.net, which has links to all of my socials, and I hope you can connect with me there as well. And if you've made it this far, I always give you another thank you because I appreciate your time. I appreciate you choosing to listen to the Hard Rock Core podcast. And if you like what you've heard, like, share, and follow. Stay safe, stay true. Tell your family and friends you love them, give them a hug, and have an awesome day.